Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thrown into the lamp-wide night, under a charcoal dusting of moon, the fresh clasp of mist upon cheek, the heart racing, racing on to the upper steps, through that rip in the alley, past the shimmering section of wall and out beyond into solid air, above, 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 above me now, past regret, past heat, past the throbbing temples of memory and into the moon underwater. Matins, many matins to the uh, welcome to the moon underwater, everyone, the mystical uh, pub of the mind. Um, and first off, before we start, as with, I don't know if you've ever been to a mystical desire pub of the mind before, uh, but uh, like all mystical pubs of desire, please don't order food using the QR codes during the show. <laughs> um, but I know you think you're thinking the moon underwater looks a little bit empty tonight, John. It seems to be an absence. And I would say, yes, well, the moon underwater sort of comes with a general feeling of absence amongst the atoms. But there's also a very genuine absence of, uh, of people in the moon underwater. So first of all, I think it's time if we stop him hammering against the glaze uh, and welcome in uh, the moon underwater's regular, the lovely Robin Allender. <laughs> Oh, hello, hello. Matins, Robin, matins. Yes, matins to thee. Matins to thee. Matins to thee. How has your um, publi self been over the past week? Oh, fine, yeah. Any, any pub trips? Yes, uh, yeah, I went to a pub uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the Wets, what, Wetson, the Watson. The Wets, Watson, the wets, Wetson. The Wet Swan. <laughs> Uh, the, you know, never been to the Wet Swan? The Wet Swan. No, it's called the Watson General Telegraph. Is it really? Yeah. That's quite a cool name. Yeah. Um, what, have you got reservations? you got well, serious reservations? Well, we haven't been there for a while because it seemed like it was very expensive. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's been to this pub in Forest Hill, uh, South London. and it's um, Anyone been there? Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Expensive. It feels like the rest of London's caught up with how expensive it is. Now. Right. I think it's the first place I ever bought a six-pound pint. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. It was quite nice, but you know when um, pubs have, uh, like, say they're kid-friendly? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be anti-kid, but I think sometimes people bring kids there to have a good run around. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. It's a tricky issue, because I think we're both quite anti-kids in pubs. 
until a few of our guests pointed out that if you ban kids from pubs, you also sort of ban quite a lot of women from pubs yeah. because of gender norms, guys. I'm not here to... I'm not here. <laughs> but that's sort of a, a, a side effect of, 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 of being very anti-kids in pubs. You're, yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a swathes of demographics of people who then you're sort of not allowing entry. Yeah, I know. I wish these swathes were a bit quieter, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the thing. Because... Um, no, we, I'm all for it, but just like you know, don't I th you know, don't it's, it was the no you know the noise of children running and the vibrating sounds. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the thing is, so do you, do you let them have a good run around? Do you have you hate it, right? Okay, cool. So w here at <laughs> the Moon Underwater, we've got a little um, sort of separate. I don't zone. hate kids. Um, we've got a little separate zone. Uh, that the Moon Underwater very kindly provide us with for our, our pre-lash, our mid-lash, and our post-lash. And it it's always has a children's party in until until five, and we're allowed in after five. And did you sort of notice when we're up there, the kids had left the, the plateau. Oh, yeah. But they were still at the sort of base of the stairs. Having a good run round. Having a good... Well, no, a run round with their mouths. Uh, and... Um, <laughs> And it was sort of, all I'll say is, it, I felt much less anxious once they'd, their mouths had run outside. Mm, yeah, I know what you mean. But I mean, I never used to go to a pub as a child. Well, you were never allowed inside. No. It was the good old days. But you did, true, truly you weren't. No, I know. Yeah. You were, just went into the garden to yeah. run around the wall. Yeah, I did. But then I think maybe life was easier back then. In many ways. Well, certainly, I think we've discussed this before, because you weren't allowed into a pub certainly created a sense of mystery about what was in the pub. Mm. As a generation of kids running around who'll never know what it isn't like to be in a pub. So true. Yeah. It's so true. Mm. That really is quite profound. Thank you. Anyway, before we bring in um, tonight's guest, we need uh, to appoint a scribe um, because... Uh, we have a uh, very expensive chalkboard, which uh, the production company of The Moon Underwater uh, spent quite a lot of money and time getting here. It turns out I, uh, after last week's uh, first live show, um, either forget to use it or get too drunk to use it. Um, and, and the last thing we want is for this to become an afterthought. It's a really integral, it's an integral part of the show, so integral that I've asked for it just to take, be taken off the stage um, you can still kind of see the, the, the writing from last week, even though it's been rubbed out. And the you can ghost see, choices. You can, you, you can see ghost choices, and you can see the, how bad your handwriting was getting by the end as well. Yeah, well, I was sort Front of... It takes a closer look. Yeah, okay. That's a little closer. Well, well, we need to appoint a scribe. I'll scribe. Um, yeah, some ghost choices there. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've written... The, the, the way I've written Galliano re really is a reflection of the effect that Galliano yeah. had on me. Um, so, madam, what's your name? Catherine, how would you rate your handwriting on a scale of that to one? Uh, Catherine, would you be willing to be our scribe? Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for Catherine! Um, there is a, a, on the top you'll see a chalk effect pen, um, which sort of creates the sort of writing that was very well uh, satirised in the film... Um, What's End that? of the World. End of the World, uh, that uh, film by... Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Um, in, in the first half, uh, where it's the best film in the world, before it becomes a load of sci-fi nonsense. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. As soon as the aliens come in, I switch off. Rubbish. Rubbish. But the first half, best film I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, anyway, folks, uh, please raise glasses and give good morrow. <laughs> And welcome to the Moon Underwater, this week's guest, the one and only Mr. Will Hodgson! Oh, cheers to you, Will. Now then, Will, welcome to the Moon Underwater. Welcome. Thanks very much for having me, mate. So you are not only an award-winning comedian, Will, not only a barber... Yeah. But you are one of the great pub men. 
You're one of the great pint men. That's very kind of you to say so. Um, and I was thinking, I think every time I've ever seen you do stand-up, there's been like a something, a story or a character that's come from a pub or set in a pub. So I wondered if we could start by, if you could tell me what the pub has sort of given you in terms of like comedy and sort of life lessons and experiences. Well, it's, it's right what you know, isn't it? And if yeah. there's one thing I've known, I've spent like, not an entire life, but I've spent a good chunk of my life as a sort of a bar fly, a horse, as a, a horizontal drink, a vertical drinker, isn't it, when you stand at the, at the bar. So most of what kind of inspired me to write stuff was writing about the people that I saw in pubs, because that's what I used to always... Uh, I first started just going to pubs and drinking on my own when I was about... And with me mates sometimes, when I was about sort of 16. I like that whole thing of going to the pub. Richard Burton was a big fan of this, and I can see where he's coming from with that. I just walk into a pub where no one knows you. And you just stand at the bar, you put, you get your pint down, you put your pharynx down, maybe do a crossword, whatever you see. Especially in the daytime, it's the best. And you just like, see who walks in, and you end up having like mental conversations with people, and it's like some people you like, you'll just stand next to them. It's like you've known them all your life. You meet all kinds of people, and all of that. It's a bit like that with barbering, getting people in the chair. Really, I like this kind of thing. I like the sort of random interactions with people, and you get that in like good pubs. And that's the one. That's the thing I miss about the pubs now. So I don't know what they're like in London, but like in Chibis or post-COVID, it's kind of like the stand at the bar thing's gone, and it'll probably never come back, but I like that. They kind of go to a pub, and if you've got time to kill before a gig somewhere, go and stand in a pub, and people will just plot up next to you, and then you'll be sort of like, what about this then? A, and that sort of strike up conversations. You hear brilliant, crazy stuff, so they'd be like sort of the guy who is the regular at the Cavern Club, who reckons he shagged Silla Black and seen Ringo <laughs> Starr when he was with, the, when he was playing with the undertakers or whatever, you'll get the guy coming in, got this, and the guy with the story of the guy who's been in Afghan, the guy who's been in jail, the guy who was supposedly driving the tour bus for Madonna and that kind of thing. You get all of this and it's the, it's the greatest, these are the great, there's that old thing, if I may do another kind of, I might do a lot of like attributing quotes to old school drunk and lovey actors. Well, you, but, you once said to me, you may have said it in a show that the, Mobile phones have ruined pub bullshit. <laughs> oh, completely. And you, you had sort of a, a real um, affection for people just spreading lies <laughs> around pubs. Yes, totally. But now you could just kind of go, oh, that's not well, this true. Well, this is what has replaced the great English folk story. We have a folk festival in Chippen, and they're like, what about English traditions and like the great minstrel tales of yore? It's all changed, because what is become is the playground urban myth. So there's all the stuff in the... In the playground, you get the, how did Bruce Lee die? We all know Bruce Lee died now, he's on Wikipedia, and he died then, but people, your mate would go like, oh, it's because he wanted to test his hardness, so he got his mate to drive a double-decker bus into him. Hey, that's not true. He said, test my hardness. It's not true. It's not, it's not true. If someone died of a heart attack having sex, he used to say they'd done a Bruce Lee, because you go, he died on the job. But I, th I thought for years that's how Bruce Lee died, that he died sort of in... In flagrante, is that the right word? I think, how did Bruce Lee die? In, re in the real... George Lazenby gave him an aspirin, allegedly. <laughs> that sounds like something he said, I don't feel well. Pub. George Lazenby said, like, George Lazenby shortly after... George, so, so that's... So is it true or not? Who knows? The public guy did George Lazenby because that George Lazenby got offered 12 Bond films. His agent said, no, I've read about this feminism in Time magazine. I reckon they're going to ban the Bond films, but I wouldn't do it if I were you. I'd just do this one. He's like, well, I don't, don't, don't want to be like banned or anything. So I suppose yeah, I'll, I'll tell him to shove 12 films and all of that. And it's, it's George Lazenby's agent and all of that. Could be Stan Laurel and Clint East. Stan Laurel's Clint Eastwood's... Um, dad, biologically. <laughs> Look at the tops of their heads from like there upwards. Clint Eastwood is angry right-wing Stan Laurel. But you'd, you'd think now that with smartphones that there would be more, we'd, we'd have a better grasp of truth. But if anything, things have got worse. Do you know what I mean? The, the smartphone is like the ultimate pub bullshit. Interesting point. Yeah. That's quite deep and philosophical. <laughs> So there's and depressing in a way because you're actually you're actually absolutely <laughs> bloody right. It's the it's the gravity of it. It's, it's gone yeah. from Bruce Lee 
died because George Lazenby gave him an aspirin, aspirin and he yeah. had a heart attack. To, to he everyone's been given aspirins by the government, and that's why we die. That's why we die. That's like, that's like the conspiracy theory. God, so, I'll tell you, so it's basically it's all the stuff that you used to hear in like Ave, you got to Avebury for the solstice, yeah. and he'd be sat in some in a year, he'd be sat in a yurt with some like nutter in a conflict t-shirt with like with like like white blokes of dreads, and he'd be like sitting there listening because you're wanting a goal on the spliff they were constructing, yeah. and they'd be giving it like sort of like, yeah, like fucking. Then he'd, he'd they'd be like oh fucking David like, off, off off a Saturday superstore like yeah he's like he's like fucking lizards and all this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And he think like oh, David Ike yeah yeah and he'd be like mm. sort of oh this is sort of thing. Or he'd be like so he'd be like so like please pass the joint in this direction. I'll listen and I sort of like yeah lizards mm, highly <laughs> highly plausible and all of that kind of thing. But then or you get like the sort of you know the kind of I don't know if you've ever been much of a smoker. When you're having like a sort of smoke with your mates, and you invite some people back, and there'll be like someone like they'll be like say a random sort of like woman like has like a bad reaction and falls down some stairs, and it turns out her dad's like a copper or something like that. It's like they'd usually give it some about David Ike at some point before they <laughs> fell over. It was like, but but every it's, it's crusty politics have now hit. Yeah, the, they've got it's, it's now it's on the school run and in the pub, and it's the it's not just the crusty in the pub. Now it's like your average Joe Fucknut in the pub now knows all of this tinfoil hat, Osric tentacle, cosmic nonce hunter shit, and it's everywhere. You're quite right about this. <laughs> it's just the it's just the right mix. It it's, is. It's the right mix of psychedelia and beating up paedophiles for chipping them. <laughs> It's so, absolutely tailor-made for blokes I was at school with that started dropping acid when they were 12. It is. It is. The smartphone has maybe proved them right in their minds. But, Will, you, you have an encyclopedic knowledge of the history of the Chippenham pub. Yeah. We're going to start creating your dream pub. Absolutely. Is it informed by the pubs of Chippenham, and if so, how? Well, I'd like to imagine that rather than, like, I would, I would never change, my local, the Old Road Tavern, I would never change for anything. But I was sort of thinking the Desert Island pub, I think I like this. I'd like to think if I was on, like, the, say I was on the Costa del Crime, say me and some of my, me and, like, Fortune, Nick, like, did some sort of, farcical caper. We were talking last night, we'd watched this documentary about an upper-class safe blower. We were saying about how satisfying it must be to blow a safe because of the sort of satisfying thunk noise <laughs> that you'd get yeah. from blowing a safe. It goes like, they don't go like boom, like in a cartoon, they go like thunk, apparently, if you put gel ignite. There's this bloke on, it's on YouTube, it's like, it's ace, it's all this upper-class Guy sort of like he was, he was very posh for a safe crime. So I'm like, yes, you should take the back off of the staves, you pull it back there, there's asbestos here and such like. And then me and my friend were in a pub drinking then this American chappy comes in, he says, Anyone got a gun? I was like, A gun? I said to my friend, obviously, he was, he was thinking the same thing as me. This fellow will get into a certain amount of trouble with this. And then he said, Does anyone blow safes? So I was like, No, no, we ripped the back off them, sir. And he was like, he was like, Oh no, you've got to get jelly night. So we got the jelly night and attached it to a tree, blew the tree the Old tree fell down. I said, if it does that to a tree, what's it going to do to a safe? Hey, old fruit and all that. And so we were thinking, like, that's the life, safe blowing. So I say we put that into practice after a few sambucas and we ended up on the Costa del Crime. And then we thought we don't really want a drink in, like, sort of the various kind of, like, Lineker's English-Irish fun pub karaoke thing. We thought we'd want something a bit more Chippenese. Then we'd have to construct <laughs> our own pub or a little bit of Chippenham so with the Chippenham expats do you know what I mean like you get the whole kind of like the English expat I quite like a bit of that going out to when you go out to Spain having like a drinking pub you know that it's an armed robber runs the place the, that you can get like a roast dinner in like Torremolinos whatever and you know that it's going to be like Terry Leather and his all in the wall chainsaw gang or whatever and that, and that kind of adds to it but that would be this would be like us this would be so yeah it'd be like a little bit of Chippenham a little slice of Chippenham somewhere on the continent what, what makes a Chippenese pub though what is the defining characteristic well this is the thing because Chippenese pubs are an endangered thing Robin they're kind of like they're, there's estimated I was talking to a guy on the chair yesterday we estimated there's probably two proper Chippenham pubs left 
Well, three, there's a third one that, that the people who go there probably think is a Chippenham pub, but it's... Uh, so all these pubs are in Chippenham, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're a Chippenham pub? No, because you get, like, the, the pubs get dicked about with, and they end up, they're more sort of, some of them are more kind of count, if you ask me, or even Trowbridge in some extreme cases. You think <laughs> this is more... So... The, the, the metropolitan elites of Cowan and Trowbridge have, have influenced the, the Chippenham it's a, it's pub. A, it's a thing. I was, it was in the, in the old road well, about a year ago, and Keith Judge come in. There was something playing on the... I think it was something like... Um, it might have been... Uh, I, can't, I think it was Lamb Chop or something like that playing. I thought, well, like, he goes like, he goes, this ain't Chippenham music. <laughs> and I say, he goes, he goes, no, this is a Keith's a, a music expert, big music kind of, He just goes, this ain't Chippenham music. He goes... He goes, no, this is Cowan music. And I was right. like, do you know what? Even though I don't mind us, it is Cowan music because it's um, not, yeah. It's, uh, it, it would be a podcast itself to explain what's chipping the music, what's Cowan music. Yeah, I mean... Dexy's Midnight Runner is chipping the music. It's basically, the, we have, the other theory is, so he got like... Just, just to point out, anyone in here that doesn't have an intimate knowledge of, of Wiltshire Cowan's geography. the next town yeah. to chipping them. Yeah. Cowan's the next town. I can explain this with analogies. Basically... Chippenham, the Sopranos is Chippenham, Sons of Anarchy, that's Cowan. Okay, what about people who don't know what Sons of Anarchy or Cowan is? What about, or, could we list some bands and see if they're Chippenham bands yeah, or no, Cowan? Yeah, chuck them at me, I'll say if it's Chippenham or Cowan. Beatles? Chippenham. Okay, um, Blur? Oh, very much Chippenham. Damon Auburn used to spend a lot of time in Chippenham because nice. he used to have his karate lessons in Chippenham. Right. True stories. Drink at the Angel Hotel. Nice. You uh, two. Do not even count. You two would be freaking Melksham, mate. Melksham. <laughs> if that. <laughs> if that. <laughs> even, even count. So what about Pixies? Say, like, Pixies, alternative band. Oh, Pixies would be Chippenham. The Pixies Chippenham? would right. be Chippenham, okay. yes. They would be Chippenham. I'm not just, like... Claiming good bands. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like Pixies. um, They're chipping it because I like them. What about Boyzone? Boyzone. I don't know about Boyzone, but Take That would be Chippenham and E17 would be Cows. It's not always a bad thing. Interesting. I knew right. a bloke when I was in, a mate of mine when I was young, and he would ask girls, he'd say, he was a bit of a Lothario, and he'd always say, do you like Take That or E17? And if they said Take That, he'd lose interest, and he'd go looking for a girl that liked E17. <laughs> and I'd say, why are you so interested in that? He said, because, he said, because fans, he said, like, take that, fans, they want to marry Marco in a big church. He's 17 fans, what the fuck, Brian Harvey behind a bike shed. <laughs> Very perceptive man, he was, <laughs> it's really. A, it's an interesting way of seeing the world. Um, so your, your pub, let's just say we're stood outside your, your slice of Chippenham on the Costa yeah. del Crime. What does it look like when we go in? Who's in there? What's the sort of atmosphere and the what are the sort of what furniture have you got? What's the layout right. like? I'd have, even though I don't smoke anymore, I'd have a fag machine, possibly with no actual fags in it, but I would just want a fag machine yes. just for like just so you know where you are. I have mm. a, dis, a disused, deconsecrated, that's the only word I think of, <laughs> fag machine. Deconsecrated fag, so you'd have like a, you'd have your bar, you'd have your salute, you'd have your lounge bar, and your old man bar, and your ice drink in the front bar of the old road mostly, I'm mostly in the lounge bar, now in the beer garden, because they've got the brilliant like, outdoor structure there, and I, I may never go inside the pub again, now they've built the, Outdoor structure. I was trem- anyway, but there would be a, um, there'd be a beer garden, of course, and there'd be, uh, there wouldn't be a. Ju- I'm a bit of a fan of a jukebox, but I like the method. The old one. I first started drinking in the old road. The tav, as we call it, used to have a cassette machine behind a bar in it. Oh, nice. So I might have a cassette machine in this. It was a cassette machine. The landlord back then, it was this is way before Lindsay, there was a guy called Mick, and he used to have, like, have tapes things. So we'd have, this is when I first heard Northern Soul music. So he had a tape of Northern Soul on in there, and he'd have the tape. So it'd be like a cassette playing on there. I'd have a cassette machine, and a, I'd, you'd have to have Spotify as well in case your tapes got chewed. Desert Island, your tapes are chewed up. He'd be like, he'd be like fucking Burgess Meredith with his glasses in the Twilight Zone thing. If that happened, like your tapes, I gave my sister-in-law all my cassettes. Anyway, see, I'd have Spotify probably. Um, I was going to ask who Keith Judge was, but who's Meredith? Who's this Meredith? Burgess Jeff? Meredith. Burgess he's Meredith. the guy who played Mickey and Rocky in the Penguin in the sixties Batman. Ah. But he's in the Twilight Zone. So there's a thing where he's like a bloke, and he's like he's like 
oh, like, I've got, I want to read all my books, I've got all this, like, shit to do, and then there's a nuclear war, and he's like, well, this is obviously a bad thing, but I can read all my books, and he drops his fucking reading glasses, and then he's like, sort of, what, well, you can't, it's spec savers, it'd be like, fucking whatever they had instead of spec savers in 1950s America, it'd be like a bo- boiling pool of fucking lava, wouldn't it? So he's fucked, he's going to sit there, sit there seeing jack shit until he, and he, he might live another... Was Burgess married from the fifties before he even played the penguin? So he, when did he die? Like the eighties, presumably. I don't know. He's in Rocky Five. I don't know. So he's, he's all that time, <laughs> all that time with no glasses. Hang on. So you're having a cassette player. Does that mean that you're limited? You have to. If you put a song on, you have to listen to half an album minimum. Well, because I quite like that. I like the idea that if you're going to put on a tape, yeah. you have to listen well, to it. Well, that's what I like, because in, in my barbershop, I've got a vinyl player, and that's you can't just skip stuff about. And I find there's, there's I've appreciated albums that I, not, that I thought of as like, sort of, oh, you got to invest in all of this and that. And it's I've been a bit, a bit more tuned to, I always used to hate prog rock without having heard any of it, because I was a... Uh, Teenage punk, and I used to be like, sort of, brilliant or shit because they're shit. Like, have you ever heard of No, I fucking haven't. I would never think. And then I bought, like, Misplaced Childhood for 50p in a chaser, and you put it on, you've got to listen to it because you're there and you're cutting someone's hair or doing a shave or whatever. And you can't just go, like, oh, I was going to skip that and skip that. You've got a blade to a person. I was like, it's actually quite good, this, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not really um, punk. But then is it more punk to be a balding guy called Fish doing a prog rock band when everyone thinks prog rock is shit or doing another carbon copy of GBH and so that so my music tastes are broad and so like that but with the cassettes because I just think like I know a bloke because it, it's a bloke called Jamie and he reckon, he has this theory he goes you only need five albums and I don't agree with that but there is something but I also do agree with it <laughs> he said he was living it. He said he was living it. He goes, oh, he goes, oh, he was telling me story. He goes, oh, he, need, he, only, he had five records. He said he only need five records. And there was this lot like, scary Glaswegian bloke owned the place and occasionally he'd come in and demand Julio and Glacius. So they had to have that to put it on. There's nothing like hard blokes who like easy listening music for good value in any situation, <laughs> isn't there? Love that. So I can hear it. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's one theory. But out of a cassette player and a sort of, a few select cassettes of things, um, a few Peel, I've got a few Peel sessions taped for like the mid-90s and all of that, bung a bit of that on in there. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, we should better get on to some of your choices in this in this little slice of Chippenham. Um, first off, we need two draft items. Uh, Will, what are your two draft choices? So, first of all, I was going to have Guinness because I wanted a stout, and I like I do like a Guinness from time to time. And I like I was going to switch to Guinness because um, our my dear friend and yours 
Ian Cognito passed, and I had a bit of a thing of thinking, you know, I'd like to sort of maybe like do a bit of do my bit for the surplus Guinness that the that a world without cogs has left. Do you know what I mean? I'd sort of have one for cogs. So I thought I'd have Guinness and have like one for cogs, but then there's that Arbor breakfast out. You ever had this? No. It's like big percentage. They used to have it at the three crowns. Like big, you're supposed to have it with breakfast. You could have it with it. I don't know whether you're supposed to have it with breakfast or it's supposed to be like instead of a breakfast, like an alcoholic slim fast. So instead of having breakfast, you go like, don't, you don't have a cooked breakfast. You just drink this. And it's, it's great. You can, it's very strong. It's about a 12%er, I think. And it's very kind of... Rob. Didn't Rich. so Robin was in Jan Tearson's band. Didn't Jan do the Guinness diet? Well, yeah, he claims he did to lose weight. Yeah, he just just drank Guinness. Just for how long? Maybe two days. <laughs> uh, no, I think he did, did claim to do it for longer, but I'm not sure if it's true. But there, there, I, that was another urban myth that used to go around that you could just live off Guinness, wasn't it? Yeah, it's you like can't. A meal in a can. That's what. Yeah, say, yeah. It's a meal in a can. It's not the rest of the meals of your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's, what, was your, what would be your first draft choice? My first draft choice, breakfast stout, Arbor breakfast stout. Wow. 12%. I love, I love 12%. Arbor. Well, if I was on the cost of Delt Crime, I'd have yeah. little to do other than wear, like, like, sit around with a succession of, like, successively more and more lurid Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> and that'd be it. That'd be me, Nick, and Fortune, or... And our partners just sort of like, like Ronnie Knight and Barbara Windsor living it up in the, living it up in the sun. Roger Cook occasionally turning up and <laughs> you're like hiding behind Barbara Windsor, are we, Mister Knight? So yeah, be like, so not that you could drink a twelve percent or if you're if you're on the if you're Ronnie Biggs, yeah. basically, yeah. Drink, drink anything you if you if you hit rock bottom, I think you definitely can drink twelve yeah. percent. Well, I think but I'm I'm just so. Every time here at the live Moon Underwaters, a bell is rung when, when we get to taste one of the selections. I have to say I'm quite glad it's not the yeah. 12% Arbor breakfast. You can eat a spoon, mate. You can. <laughs> um, Catherine, could you please write the uh, Arbor oh, yeah. breakfast stout on the... Uh, you what? A-R-B-O-R, I think. Is it like Arbor the, the, the brewery? Yeah, a- that's yeah, the, the, the very the very same. It's the, the, the logo on the pump logo. So one of them sort of like Terry Pratchett-esque like guys off his yeah. fucking pancake with the... They do, a, they do a really nice beer called Shangri-La, which mm. we had, Robert, very the nice. three tons in very Bristol. Nice. Oh, thank you very yes. much. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> uh, round of applause oh, yes, for Catherine. Thank you. Awesome. Do you um, not think so in the, in the, if it's really so hot in the Costa del Crime, would it not be a, you wouldn't really want a stout? You have it cold, comes out cold, sort of like um, Guinness. <laughs> air, I'd have air, we'd have, we'd have oh, money from air. armed robberies, we'd have air conditioning. Oh, right, yeah. Do you know what? Sorry, so stupid. Not only the robbery money, but idiots would come and pay to have like, their photo taken with you yeah. and stuff like <laughs> people, white van guys from Kent that think they're like gangsters would be like, hey, wanting to pay money to uh, like, sort of like, drink with the famous bank robbers and then yeah. discovered their horror that it's like a sort of guy with a birds of a feather tattoo on his ribcage. But, um, but um, they've paid their money by that point. Do you know what I can imagine the breakfast stout? Say you're having a fry-up. Instead of having like an espresso, you'd have like a little tumbler of it. With, and it's got a sort of like a white foam I, head. I reckon that's more likely what they had in mind than like you just drink that instead of breakfast. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> You'd have it with your big old like Ulster fry or whatever, your like high carb. Oh, I'd like there to be, do you know what I really like in a, in a fry up is um, those, uh, in Scotland you get those sort of, Oat, no, what's... Uh, potato scones. Potato yeah. scones. Christ, Stunning. Nice. See, this is the thing. I was a big, like, fan of, like, fried food culture until I started visiting Fried Scotland food culture? Yeah. <laughs> we have, in, in England, we have a fried food... In England, we think we know about fried food. And then you go to Scotland, and you realise that we, the English, know fuck all about fried food at all. Nothing. And in chippies, other level. We're saying this to Nick last night. It's an other level of chippies in Scotland. Yeah, couldn't agree Total more. Total other level. Yeah. Um, I remember once going to the Elvis Fish and Chip Bar on uh, Nicholson Street in Edinburgh, and they do chips and battered sausage. This is when I used to eat meat. And you get two battered sausages 
with chips and it's like sort of three quid, but that's I didn't want to. I just wanted to. No, you one. get two regardless. Well, that's, that's what I said. I said, oh, can, I, can I get chips and batter sausage, but I'll just, I'll just get one batter sausage. And they went, you get two. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but I, 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 only really, I only want one. I don't mind paying for two, but I just have one. You get two. <laughs> How it should be. How it should be. English chip shops, and it's got a, a cat may look at a king and all of that kind of thing. It's the, and the breakfasts, again, other... Ah, out of this world. And then Northern Ireland, all other, like, oh, I'm a bit of a, as well as pubs, like Greasy Spoons and all of that. Um, so what's your second draft choice? Well, it's got to be a cider, because I'm a... Proud West Countryman, and a soy, I've been cider drinker ever since. I used to make my own cider when I was about 13, 14. I used to make my own. Did you? Yeah, you got, I got the kit and that. I mean, to my dad, so my dad said, "We don't put too much sugar in. You'll make it too strong." And I was like, "Oh fucking yes!" Put like half a <laughs> bag in it, and I'd like, had little labels made up, like sort of Farmer Will's like industrial strength cider, <laughs> like not for sale to cow nights and all that. Little drawing of me with a fucking pitchfork and all that kind of thing. They put it because of the sugar. And it was the sediment. It was like Western Supermare Beach in a bottle. <laughs> and it used oh like you'd it. scooped up a crab. Oh God! I remember one Christmas, I'd me, me and um, oh God, some of my mates were around for Christmas, and we were just drinking that. And like we had, we were playing Mike Oldfield's that in Dulcey. Watch me call it on a in Dulcey Jubilo on a loop. Oh, great song. And drinking this cider and just bouncing around and hitting each other. <laughs> So, what's the, what do you have a specific cider you'd have on draft? Thatcher's Gold is what I drink. Uh, I thought and thought about it. It's Thatcher's ooh. Gold. Oh, that's the bell. Uh, that means that we get to actually taste uh, your choice. Um, well, I can actually make this happen anywhere just by saying Thatcher's Gold. <laughs> yeah, a bell rings. Cheers, <laughs> bell rings. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank, Thank you very much. Oh, it's, it's co- now, Thatcher's Gold. Milk Snatchers, I call it. I'll say a pint of Milk Snatchers and all of that. Why is that? A bit, a bit of political they... satire in with your oh, Thatcher. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. They would do one called Scargills for a bit of balance, if yeah, you ask. Yeah, me. yeah. Sorry, got it. Yeah. Oh, it's much smoother than I remember it being. Fuck, you could get through that. <laughs> I always thought Thatcher's was just sort of slightly acidic, but oh, that that's is lovely. No, so no, no, nice, sunshine and rainbows. I don't want the adverts. It's all those adverts. I nearly. I thought to myself, I'm never going to drink Thatcher's again because they were a bit kind of. Like, I don't know, I don't know what it was about them. It was like kind of a bit. I just watched the adverts. I was like, I'm never fucking drinking Thatcher's again. Then I got to the pub. I was like, don't be daft. What are you going to do? Drink Stoford Press? I think not. So, yeah. Oh, a bit of rivalry. Stoford. See, to be fair, I'm not. Me and Nick go to the pub every Saturday. Nick has Strongbow. I have Thatcher's. And the other week, they put them in, in similar glasses and actually took us a couple of ghosts to figure out which was which. <laughs> we, were like, we, were like, we were like, we must never tell anyone of this. So did you not like the Thatcher's ads because it shows sort of people having a nice time in the sun? You're like, that's not the Thatcher's lifestyle. It just looked a little bit kind of like, I don't know, I just, I'm a bit, I'm a bit chippy and mm. a bit kind of, I'm like a, a bit fucking mental to be honest with you. And I just kind of like, I just sort of took it the wrong way. I just, have you, have I, just, you I, just, I just, I just watched it. I thought this is the front somehow. Yeah. And uh, I just what, thought. What would so a Thatcher's thought, advert look like in your mind? Though? It would be, um... I don't know. It'd be I'd, I'd like to take the bell ring and think to some level. I'd be a bit like, like, like that twat who goes pims a clock in that sort of fucking pims. We'd done that once. on my mate Webby Stag, like my mate Pete goes, we should do pims a clock. We got pims. How can anyone fucking drink that? It's like the, it's like a shit version of the sort of punch that you get at like. I remember I used to work in a cafe in a leisure centre with a load of like older women, and we had a had a Christmas do, and there was punch. And I don't know what the fuck happened, but I apparently tried to get out of a moving car. <laughs> and the next day there was a photograph of me dancing around in my pants like a freaking Chippendale in front of all of these the women. So that's a Chippendale. They come to Chippendale once, play gold diggers. I think the Chippendales, or was it the Dream Boys? No, we, we had the Chippendales. Cowan would have had the Dream Boys. Uh, right, Cowan has the gold diggers. Cowan, Cowan. Cowan would have had it in, like a, in a, a bus shelter or something, the Dream Boys they would have had. <laughs> The greatest night ever in the canon of entertainment there. But, um, but, you, but you haven't gone for like a really r- sort of um, rough West Country side. Well, I thought about just going, do you know what? Just sum it in a milk carton with a label written in crayon <laughs> from a farm that later gets like a forensic team <laughs> down there checking pig shit for... 
stuff human remains. And, yeah, and all that kind of thing. Like, you see if Jack the Hat McVitie's been crapped out somewhere or whatever. But um, no, it's got to be an the Adelston's Claudia quite like this. Well, that used to, the, when the new inn was open, and like, like, I used to, oh God, that used to be, because the thing is that it got, it settled in the things. So if you got further down the vat, the stronger it got. And God, you get pissed. Lionel, the bland used to be like, he's, Lionel, funny enough, he jacked that McVitie used to drink in one of his old pubs in East London before he moved to Chippenham. Nice enough bloke. I mean, obviously he was a gangster and everything, but like in the scheme of things, in the context, everything's context in pubs. You can be Jack that McVitie, and in the con- someone might just be like a total fucking nuisance, and you go, well, he may be like a gangster, but he doesn't grind my tits like that guy. But yeah, Lionel used to, the artist used to go, get, he grabs a fucking old here, that stuff does, with like genuine fear on his face when he'd serve it me. I go, Adelson, he go, are you sure? Because like last night, he was saying, he gets old of your son. And that, like it is, and I thought, well, if Lionel's worried about what it does to me, I probably should always do what Lionel says. Do you think, to an extent, when you meet someone in a pub, like you say there, you you don't really care what they've done outside of the pub, so you judge people in a pub based on how they behave in a pub. So if you meet someone who turns out to be a gangster or whatever, or they yeah. or they've done time for something really bad. Do you think if you'd only known that about them outside of the pub, you would judge them differently because you go, well, he's perfectly well, nice to me. Well, there's parameters in there. Do you know what I mean? So to what extent like, is the, yeah, of course, but to what extent is the pub context? There's always the thing of, he's all right, isn't there? You go like such and such, like wet on the rampers, chuck someone through the window or subways, like Ed Butted an oncoming bus, and go, oh, yeah, well, Dave's all right. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's all right. Like never, like he's always been all right with me. Yeah, so he's always been like all right Attila, with the, me. Attila the Hun, he's always been all right with me. Yeah. yeah. Play Skittles with him, I used to back in the day, and he was, a, and he was, well, you get, it's that, and you get like the, sort of the other flip side of the coin of it, it's like reprehensible person, and people are like, yeah, but he's the life and soul of the, <laughs> of the pub, but you, you never know what people, some people, you never know what they do. He's never murdered the, me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you could say about someone. Um, Catherine, could you please write down Thatcher's gold uh, on the board, please? In what I say is very much better handwriting than I had, um, though, though you will run out of board if you, if you continue with that one and a half line spacing. Um, one and a half line spacing, always a good tactic at university if you were a little bit shy of the word count. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I love the Thatcher's gold. It's, I don't really drink much cider. It does tend to have disastrous consequences for me. This is a good one. This is what it's very it. nice. What people go with session. Yeah. Beer or session cider. Nick always goes out sessions for fucking Nellies, isn't it? Fucking session. It's fucking, he just he thinks like, like 3%. Pff, that's Nick's got, he's uh, not very, he's not really on board with things like going session beer. He'd just be like, not. Ergo, not forgetting. He, w- he wants to get to his destination pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> works hard, and that's another good one. Works hard, plays hard. That's another one you say about like somebody who's headbutted an oncoming ambulance. <laughs> <and> to, <laughs> works hard, plays hard. Larger than life figure. Ooh, that's yeah, what. It's, that, it's, that's what. That's, that's why you call someone a cunt without, when they're dead, <laughs> and it's bad for them yeah. to call them that. You go, oh, he's a larger than. Here's to a larger than yeah. life. <laughs> Figure like I thought you said he was a big, loud-mouthed, racist gobshite, larger than life, a colourful fig, colourful local politician. What the Nazi? Yeah, colourful. <laughs> he was a firebrand. He was. His heart was in the right place. Yeah, a it's maverick. Like, yeah. A, a family man. Yeah. Is something you say to about someone who's awful to everyone else on earth yeah. apart from their own family yeah. a cheeky chappy that's what you call that's like that's like the young version of the larger than life thing. Yeah. yeah cheeky chappy like the one the one who stopped the one who like stole your car and repeatedly ran your family pet over with it for a laugh like yeah cheeky chappy lovely lovely lovable lad So, Will, we need to now move on to your bottles or cans that you're having in this little slice of chicken yeah. in the Costa del Crime. So, first bottle, this is a bit of a... Um, 
this is kind of a thing for me. This would be for me because I know that Nick and rather Nick and Forch nor you've got to Sarah tell people or, who Nick and Forch are. My best Nick and Forch, my best Nick, Nick and Forch are my best mates. We're exactly we're like pretty much exactly five years apart. All our birthdays in the same week. Um, Forch is a um, upholsterer. Nick is uh, works on the motorways doing uh, traffic mate control and that kind of thing. And we are like sort of we are like the kind of three amigo drinking buddies of our thing and so this would be this pub in this like bizarre fantasy of armed robbery and cider this is all of us out in the Costa del Sol me Nick Forch um, Ali Ali and Sue their partners and Sarah my lovely wife all out there in the sun living like a load of gangland um, pot gangland sort of Gangland like legends and soap legends a little bit. I'd, I'd imagine I'd like to think that you'd get Steve McFadden had come out at some point and visit and get a photograph taken with us. Are you I feel like someone would come out to ask you to do one more job. You know what would what would, like sexy beast style? Well, see, I, I, I watched that for the first time the other week. For some reason, I've never seen that. Oh wow! Fucking, that's a good film. It isn't is, it? yeah, yeah. It's a tremendous yeah, film. That it's is very quotable. Yeah, bloody tremendous that. Yeah. And then, but then, this, I, w- I was watching a thing about that Freddie Foreman, like that brain bed Fred, and he had a similar thing happen to him. And he got right fucking unglued doing one more job. So you're probably better off not doing. Yeah, it. yeah. Not doing. I, it, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Will, are you trying to recreate that short-lived soap opera? What was it called? The one set in Spain? El Dorado. El Dorado. El Dorado. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> until you mentioned it. Yeah, it'd be a bit like El Dorado crossed with the life and times of like Buster Edwards and, and Bruce Watts, you know, in the film of Phil Collins where he did oh, yeah, Buster, Buster, Buster Edwards. He did, that film paints it as if he did 20 years in prison because his wife didn't like, the, didn't like paella. So <laughs> <laughs> it's how they frame it in that film. Like, I'm not eating that, like... Well, I'd better go to Parkhurst for fuck knows how long then, hadn't I? So, hadn't I? But chips for tea, I suppose. <laughs> well, um, so, sorry, I got distracted. Bottles and cans, what are you... I'd have what's... tomato juice, one of my bottles. Tomato Ooh. juice, Schweppes tomato juice, of course. Not any kind of, not any of this Big Tom. Oh, Big Tom is It's all right, rank. but not in a pub. It's for home, not for the pub. Well, a Big Tom, the problem is, the whole, the great thing about a, a, a Bloody Mary is you're sort of in charge of your own spicing. I don't want, I don't, it tastes like soup. Big Tom is absolutely It's a good rank. foundation for the sort of levels of spice that I like. It does some of the work for you, the Big Tom, but I, I like to construct it from scratch. I bought two, like last Christmas, when it was a lockdown Christmas, it was just me and Sarah at home. I, got, I was up at eight o'clock watching, uh, watching um, I bought two bottles of Big Tom and, and a bottle of vodka. I thought, oh, I'll have, like, have one with my breakfast and all of that. And I was, I got that. I put on the, my favourite Fools and Horses with Faz Blackwood robbing the supermarket. And by, by nine o'clock, my teeth were fucking floating, mate. <laughs> I was absolutely blatted. I went, I went up, I staggered up to see me mum and nearly fell over an heap on the way back. And I can't remember. I, might have, I think I might have put on Rocky Four and like got emotional and then got to bed for a bit and then got up and had my Christmas dinner and watched EastEnders. That's the power of Bloody Marys. On my stag, we started off at the old one on the Bloody Marys. I'm watching Rocky IV for that matter on the big screen. And, oh God, that was the drunkest I've ever been. That was the start of it, was the Bloody Marys. By the time we'd left the old run, I reckon, we, I reckon I'd had about five, six Bloody Marys, about five, six pints of Thatcher's. And then there was all the beer on the, on the minibus the beer, and then we went to the hotel, and then we had lots of went to the hotel, had some shots down there, walked down to the karaoke bar, and it was a fortune organised a nice steak bar. I got the steak bar off. I didn't think I was going to die, but I thought I might see the inside of hospital when I sat down there. I said, to, I said, to Fort, apparently, I said, to, I said, fortune, I've got to go home. And he said, we can't go back to the hotel. I said, I've got to go home. I've got to go back to the fucking tip of the porch. I'm going to fucking die. But I had my steak, and then I had um, my mate Al, who's... Uh, was on the well, mate Al, I could tell you a fucking story about him and another stack like, but um, he gave me his veg because he doesn't like veg. I ate his veg, and I ate another steak. I was fine, just I was fine. Done the karaoke, and then we drove the fish, but the fish bars went to the karaoke bar, and there was some of the blokes were going like, oh, what kind of ale they got? I said, fuck ale, we're going to get pissed. I said, they said, oh, what, I said, what are we drinking? I said, you got to look for the young girls who got the most like insane eyebrows and see what they're drinking. So there's two girls there, lovely girls, eyebrows like fucking great job. So I'm like this, I'm like, this is who you gotta to look to. 
because these people know Friday night in a way that you can't possibly. And I was like, what are you drinking? They're like, fish bowls full of blue wicked. I was like, we're drinking fish bowls full of blue wicked. God bless the girls with the mental eyebrows because they're like your gatekeepers to getting absolutely ripped in a way that you just can't with a fucking camera good ale guide. <laughs> they ought to do the girls with mental eyebrows getting shit face guide and that would be the greatest thing. TV version as well. Sunday night, 6.30. I had to get drunk really quickly. Yeah, so, so instead of the camera real ale guide, the good, the good beer guide, you have the girls with big eyebrows getting shit face guide and it might begin sort of five o'clock in your living room with arches and lemonade. Yeah. Then it's fill up an empty Coke bottle with vodka and uh, lemonade. Yeah, that's what you got. That's what you Take got that to, to the park. Yeah. Then you go to the pub and it's maybe, what's that wicked and port? What's that drink? That's a cheeky Vimto. Cheeky Vimto, that's right. Cheeky we Vimto. had some of them as well. We were guided by, if you're on your stag, no matter what point you are in your life, whether you're 18 or 80, you've got to drink like a 17-year-old girl that's a receptionist in a leisure centre. Because <laughs> that that, these, the, these are the greatest drinkers. They you are. will get so shit-faced, you'll think you're going to die. So, but your, your first choice is, is tomato juice, so I'm guessing that is, is to meet its, its sort of a companion later on in your choices. No, it's just the tomato. I'd, I'd, I'd stay away from the Bloody Marys. I would just spice the tomato juice to absolute... Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll go through phases of doing this, and then I remember that, um, that, you've got a, that you're cohabiting with another person and sharing a bed with another person. You've got to have a degree of fucking consideration. But you do, like, oh, God, you, it's, it's, you, you end up doing a bit of Tabasco, then adding two kinds of Tabasco, and then you start bringing it to the pub with you because you've got... Coins of Tibet. Anyway, I, I, I should get a bandolier like Chewbacca with all the different shit in it, pepper and all that. And you put it in there, it's like drinking razor blades. And then you just basically goad in other people into drinking something that's going to hurt them. Yeah. For fun. And it's a, it's a really slippery slope. So, uh, what's your second bottled choice? Slimline Schweppes tonic. Ooh. None of this fever tree sort of shit. This is the slice of chip and not a slice of bath. I don't. I, uh, this is a personal thing. I don't like the taste of... of I like Diet Coke, so I drink Diet Coke, but I don't like the taste of slimline tonic because it tastes of sort of that aspartamine stuff. No, it's got to be... I'm just, I'm just used to saying... I'm just used to saying... I just like a slim gin and... A gin and, a, gin and a, slim. A gin and slim. Yeah. Or the Pat... But this was the... the you know about my Pat Butcher. You love Pat Butcher. Fix, my hero, Pat Butcher. Um, my hero. And I had this whole thing of drinking points of... I wanted to lose weight at one point. This was about sort of 2012, something like that. I thought, I want to drink um, gin and taunt, gin and slim. But I thought, but, your mate's got a pint. You've got a gin and slim, you're done. And so I thought, I'm going to drink points of gin and slim. <laughs> so I go to... And there's this there's thing for that. When my granddad was in the CID, there was a mate of his that he was, that was like his partner in the detective, the CID thing, and he goes, DI, whatever, and he said to him that he, his doctor said to him, like, you've got to stop drinking wine instead of beer because of, like, your heart. And he went into a pub, and he goes, well, he goes, oh, wine. And the bloke gets, like, a glass, and he starts pouring it out. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, what a fucking pint, a pint. pint of wine. He's like, a pint of wine. He's like, a pint of wine. He's like, <laughs> but, but wait, so he's like, oh, fucking shut your fucking, <laughs> fucking pint of wine. And he got drunk ten pints of fucking wine. And, like, Pole axes. I want to go to them levels. But I thought if I so I went to the bar. I think this was the Crowns. I said I want. Can I please have two gin and slims in a pint glass, all mixed in together? And when I come back again, I'm just going to go Pat Butcher special, please. <laughs> and then we'll do that. And my ambition was to get every pub in Chippenham to do that. Like I go any pub in Chippenham and go Pat Butcher special, coming right up, and all of that. I got the idea from the 1960s Batman show where he orders an orange juice and the guy goes, Batman special. And I was like, I quite like that. I'm going to invent the Pat Butcher special. So, yeah, slim, uh, must have be slim. Great stuff. So, so far in your little slice of Chippenham where you and Nick and Fetch? Forge. Forge. Sorry, I can't read my own it's writing. Like, it's, it's Mark Fortune, his name is. So he is Forge. Forge is derived from Fortune. 
Well, where you and Nick and Forch and your lovely wife, Sarah, and all of their partners are living on the Costa they've del only, They've only got one apiece, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to everyone's knowledge. So far, you've got Arbor Breakfast Stout at 12%, Thatcher's Gold, Schweppes Tomato Juice, and Slimlime Schweppes Tonic. However, we take a little break from creating your perfect pub to have the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. Played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. Yeah, welcome to the Moon Underwater pub quiz. Um, we're going to do three questions. Uh, we'll go to a, a break, and then we can see how everyone did. Don't, don't Google the, the answers in the break. You're, you're, only, you're only Googling yourselves. Uh, <laughs> So this week, the pub quiz is about films. Ever heard of them? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read an extract from a film's Wikipedia page, and you'll have to guess which film I'm referring to, okay? Uh, I've, na- I've changed the names of some characters. You know. Anyway, so question one. So Wikipedia page for which 1987 film contains the following headings under thematic analysis. So which 1987 film contains the following headings under thematic analysis? Corporate power, masculinity and authority, and humanity and death. That's the 1987 film. Let's get thinking. Get thinking. Question two. That's hard. That's too Is that hard. too hard? Yeah. How many films do you reckon there were in 1987 that had those themes? Oh, 10, or, 10 or 11. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I can give you a clue when it comes around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Question two. The ending of which film is being described here? This is a film that came out in 2000. Character A chases the genetic material, intent on drinking it to correct his condition. However, it evaporates on the edge of a fountain before he can. Characters B and C arrive too late to save him, and character C breaks into tears, which hit the genetic material and fall into the fountain. As they go to leave, character A looks into the fountain, (laughs) remarking, (laughs) remarking that it is pretty. Seeing the water is glowing, character C realizes the genetic material has reconstituted thanks to her tears, and that if character A drinks the fountain water, he will be restored to normal. When he drinks it, he is able to restore his intelligence. So do you want me to read that one again? (laughs) That was two. That was a 2000 film. Question three. This is a film that came out in 2008. Under the critical response heading on Wikipedia... For which film would you find this? BBC Radio 5 Live and colleague of our host, Mark Kermode, admitted to enjoying the film despite describing the experience as the closest you get to see A-list actors doing drunken karaoke. Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian was more negative, giving it one star and expressing a need to vomit. And Bob Chipman of Escape to the Movies said it was so base, so shallow and so hinged on meaningless spectacle, it's amazing it wasn't made for men. What's the, what's the year? 2008. It's a hard quiz, but it's a hard quiz is a fun quiz. Sounds like a fucking awesome film, that last one. <laughs> the last one. I'm sure you'll get the last one. So those are the questions. If you want any repeats, then, you know, I, I won't, I'm not going to do them. But, uh, <laughs> but that's the quiz. We'll go through the answers when we all come back after the break. Yep, that's the interval, folks. We'll see you back here in about 15 minutes. We're giving it up for Will Hodgson and the lovely Robin Allender. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 